When we were young, a big winter storm was one with waves so fierce they broke the barrier pool on the point, flooding the main rock pool with clumps of seaweed and sand. This storm I heard first in my dream. A deep hum turned wail as the earth tore open. A branch ripped off the fig tree and shattered a window in the sunroom at 4am. Monty whimpered beneath the dining room table as Mum, in her white nightgown and slippers, swept broken glass, while Dad, Ben and Jake taped a sheet of plastic over the gaping hole, a temporary fix until dawn. I went back to bed, letting Monty sleep at my feet. I'm woken no more than two hours later by Ben sneaking into my room with his quilt draped around his shoulders. Grace, he shakes my shoulder. Wake up. You gotta come see this. I step into my Ugg boots and trudge out the door into silent purple shadows, following the boys across wet earth to the gate. The air is still. The rain and wind have passed. Look down there. Ben points across the grassy hill to the rock pool. Dark waves have breached the barrier pool. The pool chains are submerged under grey foam, and then I see what he's pointing at. I gasp. A small fishing boat is washed onto the rock stairs. Holy shit. Beyond, the beasts that carried this boat on their shoulders roar. My breath catches as a wave cracks in half on the rock shelf. The ground shakes, deep vibrations. Pinch and a punch for the first of the month, Ben taunts. No returns. Squealing, I lunge at him with a clenched fist, punching, narrowly missing his chest. Hey, he says laughing. I said no returns, and puts me in a headlock. Wriggling free, I catch my breath and gaze out to sea. Grey, wet clouds hang low. On land, the earth's soul lies still in the mud, beaten and breathless. Tree branches sag with fatigue. Only the ocean still rages, retaining the energy of the storm like charcoal retains heat in the hours after red flames have died. Enough heat to burn you. Enough strength to drown you. Jake swears, teeth chatter. Stop complaining, you pussy, Ben hisses. You were the one who left the wetsuits on the line, Jake retorts. It's your damn fault they're wet. You won't even notice once we're in the water, I say. Exactly, Ben adds. So hurry up, I want to beat the crowd. I pull my zip right up to the nape of my neck with fingernails already lavender, chilled by the first day of winter. In the shed, Ben pushes a couch against the wall and climbs onto the arm to reach the top shelf. He passes down the guns, longer, narrower boards with hard rail lines, saved for swells that punish the shore. Mine is sprayed silver like the moon, and I walk with it into the yard as Dad hops down the veranda stairs. He stops, and his eyes dart from my board to me, back to my board. I shiver, charged. I don't think so, he says, shaking his head. Saliva sticks in my throat. It's triple overhead. I know it is. My dad repeats. It's triple overhead. Yeah? I think you ought to take that wetsuit off, Grace. Wait till tomorrow when the waves are smaller. I don't want to wait till tomorrow. You'll get hurt. Jake interrupts. Where are you going, Ray? Thought you'd be the first one out. It's pumping. 
Mick just rang. That wind last night took half the roof off the factory. Shit. Good luck. Dad jumps into the rodeo, slamming the door, but before he turns on the ignition, he cracks the window. Grace, get out of your wetsuit. I glance at Ben, glance back to Dad. I mean it. Slowly I unzip the wetsuit, my body quaking as the icy air hits my skin. Gravel crunches and he pulls out of the driveway. I feel Ben take my wetsuit string and pull the zip tight. He fastens the Velcro around my neck. He can piss off. He worries too much, Ben assures me. You're just as capable as us. Jake nods with a smile, and though I'm gripped by the cold, I feel a warming in my chest. Waiting for Harley at the base of the grassy hill, I don't know what I'm more nervous about, seeing him again or the size of the surf.